Hello, how's it going? It's Matt and you're listening to the Looking Sideways Action Sports Podcast. It's my podcast where I speak to the great and good of the action sports world. And if you're uh, if it's your first time listening, then yeah, previous guests include Travis Rice, Brian Gucci, Mick Fanning. There's a lot more because I'm on episode 42. So after you listen to this one, maybe go and check out the back catalogue. Anyway, so yeah, this week I've got Norwegian snowboarder Stella Sandbeck in the house, which was unscheduled but turned out absolutely great. And it was also one of the very few times that I've broken my rule of not interviewing anybody without a certain amount of, uh, shall we say, life experience. But I'm really glad I did in this case, which is also part two of my special Swiss omnibus recorded during my trip to Lax for the British Ski and Snowboard Champs back in April. So yes, Stella, Stella Sandbeck, one of the best love, most respected and, well, best snowboarders in the world right now and probably one of the most mispronounced, as I'm sure I've just demonstrated. Now, I've known him a long time, actually, and I was very happy to have confirmed that uh, he's a thoroughly nice lad, which I always knew he was, but, you know, not seen him for a while. And, uh, yeah, he's a ledge. And if you're British and you watched the Olympic snowboarding on BBC, you probably saw the commentary of friends of the podcast, Edley and Tim Warwood. Now, Tim in particular was coming out with zinger after zinger during that event. And perhaps my favourite line came at the end of one of Starla's slope style runs when he said, don't look into his eyes, girls, you'll get lost. Anyway, that's Starla. So who is he? Well, if you were to sit down to try and devise a way of creating the perfect snowboarder, you'd do a lot worse than to use this lad's upbringing as a template. Take one stoke kid living near an easily accessible local hill, mixed with uh, three equally hyped friends who live and breathe snowboarding, Add one older photographer brother who shoots with the best snowboarders in the world, offering easy access to an incredible array of role models. Marinate in the world's most influential snowboarding culture, sorry America, one that's always valued individual style and heritage. The result, one of the world's great snowboarding stylists, who is today also one of the most popular riders on the planet. Now, I remember when I first heard of Starla, which was a hefty name drop time, when Transworld Snowboarding asked me to write his first checkout. God knows when that was. We couldn't actually remember when we were talking, but I think he was about 14. And I was a bit like, who is this kid? I mean, he could ride it all. And he also appeared to just land on the scene perfectly uh, formed. And as I discovered back then, for a 14-year-old, he also had a pretty amazingly stable head on his shoulders. And yeah, since then, he's evolved into one of the defining riders of his generation, really. As comfortable as he is on the Olympic podium, as he is lapping the park in Lax with his RK1 mates, which is exactly where I bumped into him in April. And, uh, you know, he was a bit like, oh, yeah, Matt, how are you doing? And I said, all right, got the podcast, you want to meet tonight? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Now, that speaks volumes about Starla, actually, the fact that he just was up for that for two reasons. Now, firstly, as I've mentioned on this podcast, booking the guests is a really time-consuming part of the whole thing. Now, you know, firstly, people are busy. I get that. I'm busy myself. So try to sort schedules can be a mat, you know, so sometimes they just don't happen. Then there are people who just don't fancy it for whatever. That's cool. Totally get that. And then there are people who are just slackers, to be honest. And um, I'm sure we all know plenty of those. And then someone like Starla, who I randomly bump into in the fun park in Lax, chew the fat for 30 seconds, who agrees to meet me that night, sit down, do the show, bang, there you go, no fuss, no drama, total pleasure to hang out with. 
Lane Beachley was like that as well, to be honest. Can you guess which one I prefer dealing with? Correct. So yeah, Wicked Hour catching up with Starla. He really wouldn't guess he's one of the most famous riders on the planet right now. Now, I'm not above plagiarizing myself for this show, actually. And many years ago, I wrote a line for White Lines that went along the lines of, everybody knows that the most fun it's possible to have as a snowboarder is when you're racing around the mountain, try to slash your friends with snow. Bottle that feeling and you might just be onto something. Well, Starla's certainly come close to bottling that feeling with his uh, YouTube video, Starla Life, in which along with filmer Gimbal God, he documents his life and times and those of his RK1 mates. In finest time-honoured looking sideways tradition, I will, of course, post some links to some of those films in the show notes and have a look because, yeah, it's exactly what you want to see the best snowboarders in the world doing. In the meantime, enjoy this one with one of the smoothest operators in the scene, both on and off the hill. As you're going to discover, this lad cuts the same impressive figure off the hill as he does on it. And yeah, it was a real pleasure to sit down, take an hour of his time and uh, yeah, find out what he's been up to. So yeah, I hope everyone enjoys it. I sure did. Here it is, my chat with Starla Sandbeck on The Substance of Style. Enjoy. Sick man. So you, podcast. So you've just world. subscribed. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Who are you gonna listen to first? Uh I don't know. Do you listen to podcasts? N- I will begin today. Yeah, yeah. This is gonna be fair. So you're gonna get interviewed for a podcast and then you're gonna start listening to it. Yeah. Them. I've been thinking about it, I just haven't like I haven't checked out the app yet and now I did. Yeah. So now now it's on. This is a good reason. It's a good yeah. reason. Oh yeah. Um well, thanks for doing it, man. Yeah, no worries. Good to see you. Yeah, um, kind of random bumped into each other in the park, yeah. in the park in Lax. Oh yeah. And I kind of thought I saw you, and I thought, yeah, man, I'm gonna see if he's up for it. So yeah, good to good to get you on. How's Perfect. it been? Good season. It's been good, man. It's uh, it's been a busy season for sure with Olympics and contests and just back to back travel all winter. Yeah. I've been home maybe like, I've been home three times. One time was five days, and then the other time was two hours, and then one and a half day. So this is from what, like November? From uh, well, from Christmas actually. Yeah. Okay, yeah. right. So just full on hectic. Yeah. How do you find that? I like it. I, I'm used to it. That's kind of like how I've been living the last ten years. So yeah. If I'm home for too long, I kind of get stressed out. Really? Yeah. So how how often are you on the road every year? Do you think that? What's the, what's the, can you total it up? Well, is it? it depends a bit. Like I've been injured a bit yeah. the last few years and uh, that for sure makes me stay home more. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if it's a full on season and I'm healthy, probably from 250, 300, maybe even more. You yeah. Know, 300 days a year, maybe. Crazy schedule. Yeah. Yeah. How do you cope with that? It's fine. I yeah. I like it. I mean, stay busy. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you get to do a lot of cool stuff, travel yeah. a lot of cool places, meet a lot of cool people. So yeah. just, just live, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like you say, you've been doing it since you were, what, like 15, 14? Because yeah. I first interviewed you, yeah, when you were 14. I think yeah. maybe I did your, we were just saying, I think I did your Transworld checkout maybe. Yeah, around there. And then... We did the onboard interview probably a few years later. That was probably I was fifteen. Yeah. So maybe the transfer interview was earlier. Yeah, but you've been living that life 
since then basically yeah just yeah. more and more you know it's yeah. just been uh, adding on yeah so what's been uh, a highlight this year what i mean for sure like a lot of the contests but i think the like the most unique thing for me this season is that been i've been i hired spencer gimbal god to yeah, yeah. travel around I saw, with me i saw you guys cruising today yeah. yeah and then we make like youtube videos I don't like to call it vlogs, but I guess it is a vlog. Yeah. Uh, we try to do them our way and just like showcase what we do and and all that, you know, and it's pretty pretty fun. So why did you decide to do that? You just wanted to have something that you were like in control of maybe a little bit more. Well, basically, I, I met Spencer at an Oakley shoot last year and then I asked him because I wanted to do like a follow cam thing. I asked him if he wanted to come to Locks two weeks later right for this trip yeah yeah and then he came along and then he killed it and made that rk1 edit here last year and then yeah from there it just like we just started you know yeah yeah so and basically i wanted him to to do this other project for me that we haven't finished yet but okay. then he wanted to like do more stuff and then we ended up doing the the serious and and adding on you know yeah yeah so what's the other project it's uh is it a little hush hush yeah i mean it's we started off and then it, yeah it's kind of like i don't know how it's going to turn out but uh hopefully one day we'll finish it yeah yeah so it's one of those where you're just going to keep working yeah at it it's been hard when it's been so much fo focus on the contest yeah since since last year you know every trip is like kind of not practicing but kind of have to do those hard tricks all the time yeah know? yeah yeah uh but now when olympics is over and this contest season is over maybe change the focus a little bit yeah concentrate on maybe the things that you find a little bit more fun maybe yeah in and, your snowboarding. and just try to do more unique other stuff you know yeah because some of those shots have done pretty well right that yeah. you guys have done like yeah. the, back, the back three with the the tail slide thing that was everywhere yeah. wasn't it we've been we've been doing well it's we've been like getting close to each other in the yeah. air you know yeah yeah as dangerous as it gets the more high people are yeah so uh, yeah we've it been, seems to be the case we've been doing some cool stuff and uh it seems like people have been liking it and it's been i guess we we've been getting some viral clips yeah yeah, yeah. there's been a few i'll put a, put a few links in because definitely well i think most people have probably seen them as well but yeah so how was uh how was korea korea was it was fun man i've it was my third Olympics. Yeah. I've, I've I've been to Olympics before, so it wasn't like the the wow yeah. Olympics feeling because I've I've done it before. But it was fun, man. The course was fun. The slope slide course, like the beginning. Yeah, they got of the that trip. right, didn't they? Yeah. And fortunately, we had some wind in the finals, but uh, we we pushed through and managed to do it. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was it was cool, and we were there for a long time. You know, this time it, it maybe a little bit too long, like over three weeks yeah i was speaking to um jamie today jamie nichols he was saying he found it like just too long yeah. like because it was like slope at the start wasn't it big air at the end yeah. and then you basically like yeah it's like three and a half weeks like it's in like one 10 place. days we could have been running powder you know yeah well you're close to japan like yeah i know but they didn't want us to leave <coughs> and stuff and i was like ah i'll just chill here it's free food <laughs> and then we we managed to go watch some other sports, which was fun, you know. Yeah, what did for you see? I, I watched uh, ice hockey, obviously, uh, ski jumping for the first time ever, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. We showed up 
with the bus and we were on t like in the middle of the hill and then how are we getting down and then we just started walking down the landing so we had like prime viewing oh, okay and then we watched cross-country skiing yeah which is like norway's i was gonna say norway you've got uh, you've got the guy haven't you like super famous athlete that yeah. ski that i can't remember well, we his name got, but like that's like the national sport it's yeah like basically only in norway who does it so it's a success story every time because we win our yeah. podium or even sweep the podium. Yeah, know, so. so you went and supported? Yeah, I went to check it out. Check, yeah. I, I saw a few of those. Um, I guess that was it. Did, what, time, what, time what's flew by, actually. What's the vibe like then when you're trying to keep sane for like three and a half weeks in that like one place? Do you, do, you, do you have ways that you try and cope with that? Like is it, or, or is it just a question of like, ah, I can just put up with this? You I know? mean, you're, you're with like a bunch of the boys so yeah, yeah we're still having fun you know there were some playrooms with with the uh, pool and ping pong no it wasn't ping pong but like air hockey and all that stuff we did some of that there was a little park not too far away so we were like riding a little bit and, yeah uh, kind of a lot of chilling actually yeah yeah <laughs> a lot of chilling you can cope with that yeah, I mean, yeah. it was good to rest a little bit because my back was... I hurt my back at X Games, so it was kind of... I needed to chill. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it's a good bit of downtime. Yeah. And how are the events? The events were, were good. I mean, I was hoping to to get a podium. I, I got close. Yeah. I got the fourth in, uh, in slope style, and then Big Air was... I didn't make finals. But yeah, I thought you'd... I, I found that judging kind of strange that you didn't... Because did, you did the flat front 14 right is that what yeah. you did in the in the qualifying yeah like a semi double dip but not double court yeah, front yeah. 14 yeah. yeah um yeah and it just it, it kind of felt a bit harsh i yeah. thought i mean to be honest that's like one of the times i've gotten most mad about the judging right because i feel like we should not just get stuck on the backs of 14 triple yeah well it seemed that you're that that's why i thought it was strange because it was it was just more creative you yeah know? And, and like it seemed like you did that on purpose to try yeah. and, you know yeah that's what i, I mix did it, it up to, like, you know to stand out and yeah. then it didn't work so yeah whatever life moves on you know yeah can you so is that is that something that you try and think about then like because obviously like you say in comps these days you know like there are certain tricks aren't there that are, that are gonna get thrown down like they're gonna happen yeah. you know what i mean so you try to think of like the the way of standing out doing something a bit different yeah um, for sure and also like for me i mean i have i've had some trouble with my backside 14 lately but i used to do them on every contest like three years ago yeah and i kind of got a, l a little bit bored of doing it every time you was like oh oh the same trick and then it wasn't a new feeling you know yeah sure so it gave me way more to do the front 14 but I uh, didn't give the judges more, I guess. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it seemed that that was quite a thing throughout the whole Olympics, really, because obviously slope, like you say, with the wind was just like, it's kind of a lottery, really, wasn't it? You know, yeah. like if people did did well. You I know. mean, we, we managed, the boys managed to like, to shoot through the wind, you know. I yeah. mean, the first run was horrible. Like nobody made it happen. But second and third, it kind of, quiet down a little bit and uh it was it was fine it wasn't perfect but i mean it, we're in the mountains there's always going to be gonna some be wind, weather you know so yeah 
it was doable so we did it yeah i love red he has a good style he was writing creative uh like using the, the quarter pipe yeah. which i like you know i like when people use that uh and it was clean he know? did the sweet uh front side air as well didn't he yeah like which was over the pole yeah super just, nice just a perfect clean run you know yeah and it was cool to watch it was creative and and Red is a good guy to win it, you know. Yeah, he's, he's a, good, a good he's a good sort of snowboarder representative, he's a good, uh, isn't he? Yeah, he's a good know? representative for the snowboarding world. And it's always good when an American wins because then it becomes such a big yeah fuss around it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who else impressed you? Did you did you did you get I mean, stoked to anyone else's Everyone, riding? you know. Yeah. I haven't seen the replay, so I I saw Marks run from yeah. the lift. Right. So I didn't see his landings. Ah, uh, okay. But his his run was insane. You yeah, know? yeah. I, I I have yet to see his landings, but that was an insane run. I mean, all the all the guys were like doing cool runs. Yeah. But I was in it, you know. So I I didn't get to see all the runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I haven't seen the replays. So I gotta when it, when the when I get home and I can find the link. Yeah, you can check it. If anyone wants to send me the link, yeah, well, nice. it's, it's up there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and did you? Because the women's was obviously like pretty harsh. Like they had worse conditions, they had worse wind. You know, yeah. it was almost a bit of a shit show, really, wasn't it? Yeah, and they're they're smaller than us. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So the wind takes them. But uh, yeah, that was that shouldn't have happened. Happened, but it happened. You know, yeah. you, you, we can't change it now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So do you think you you go again? Another one? You got another one in you? Uh, I don't know. Four? I have I haven't decided if I'm gonna try or if I'm not gonna try. Yeah. Cause how old are you now? I'm 24. Yeah. So you fuck man. I mean, you're still so young. You could still do. Yeah. I'm young, but also time flies fast. And yeah. Well, time flies fast, but also like the level of snowboarding increases so much. You know, you don't. We don't know what's gonna happen in four years. I know. I mean, it's it's kind of. So maybe I'll. I'll uh, I'll be able to do it. Maybe I'll be filming by then. It's I haven't I don't know yet. I'm yeah. gonna take one season at a time from now on. Yeah, it's yeah. It's kind of what I've been doing all the time as well. But yeah. So what's the uh, what are you thinking? Have you got some projects that you want to try and maybe work on or yeah for any sure. trips you want to do or for sure want to try to film a bit more next year. Yeah. Uh, I mean I've been filming all year for but like showcasing. Yeah what I do in the contest world and stuff, but do some more like proper film trips, some backcountry. I want to ride more powder for yeah. sure. Uh, and get experienced in the, in the woods and the big mountains, you know? Yeah. And also like maybe, maybe we'll do a movie, maybe not. I don't know. We haven't like decided yet. We got to wait till it quiets down a little bit and then yeah. uh, figure out the plans but uh i'd like to make a proper movie and like really put a lot of effort into it you know instead of just filming after the contest season is over you know yeah i mean that's the kind of obvious thing for you to do really isn't it you know you've always looking at your career you know you've always been somebody who's like you know done the comps you've filmed like you've, you've kind of you've kind of had a hand in in like all areas of snowboarding but yeah, it seems like a good good point to do like put full energy into like a yeah. big film part maybe, you know. Yeah, I for sure I've been I've filmed video parts, but I haven't filmed video parts where I really put my all my time into or most yeah. of my time into it, you know. Dedicated all that, yeah. So that would be uh that'd be fun to see how that goes. 
Well, not fully sure yet, but uh, hopefully the, it'll be a lot of focus on that. But also, I want to do like I still want to do the biggest competitions, but not chase around on all the smaller ones. You know? Yeah, I mean that's one of the things I was going to ask you because you've. But I mean, I remember speaking to you about this back in the day, like, and you've spoken a lot about the fact that ways you could see it improving the tour, you know, like yeah. ways ways to like mix it up. Because you've got a great view now, like you say, done like three Olympics, you've yeah. done every comp in the world, you know, you're traveling for 10 years. Do you look at it? And, and obviously in snowboarding, it's like a huge debate, like, you know, the fist thing, not to go down that road, but what do you look at it and think that there's maybe a, a different way of doing the tour that might represent snowboarding a bit differently? For sure. I mean, I've kind of been a little part of it, tried to be in there. I mean, there's a lot of politics. Yeah, there's always politics, so right? So then I kind of, after a while, I just like, oh, this is too much. Yeah. to let the grown-ups do this. I just want to snowboard now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but for sure, there, there's many ways we could do it better. It's just hard to do it. You know, because there needs to be money involved, you know? Yeah. To start something before it actually st starts making yeah. money back, I uh, guess. Of course. For the events and the tour or whatever. But my dream tour would be if you could, like, kind of do it like surfing where all the stops are different. Yeah. And then you have, like, the ultimate snowboarder who wins the overall, which is the main focus. Yeah, because surfing, it's about those waves are so different yeah it's, it showcases a different style doesn't it for yeah each each stop you know yeah like if you could have one say if it was based out of a slope style but every slope style course was different so one was like more transitions more like a half pipe course yeah and then another one is like four massive jumps and some rails and then one is like a lot of rails yeah yeah and smaller jumps so you get to showcase more and as a rider. And then maybe you do one which is more like a snake run or whatever. And then maybe maybe like a supernatural back backcountry stop and then one bigger in the city or like just like have a mixed tour and then you follow the the entire tour and then the last overall winner is the yeah. It's the main thing, you know, instead of in the middle of the season you have X Games which is the biggest. Yeah. And then there's no tour people follow who the ranking, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like in surfing. Do you think there's an appetite for that among the riders? Do you think that's something that... For, sh for sure. That'd be... I think people would think that would be great, you know? It's just... It, it's just hard to make it happen because there's so many players involved, you know? There's yeah. so many different companies doing the contest. It's like... ESPN and X Games and then you had NBC and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do Tour and then you have Fist and then you have World Snowboard Tour and then you have Aaron Style and then yeah it's and they've all got different agendas it, well it's hard to like yeah put that in one package you know I mean I'm sure it's possible but it's that's beyond my yeah brain level to but it's interesting out. to hear you say that because like I say you you're somebody that that you know you're you're doing it you're competing you're actually traveling putting the work in doing this and it's I think everybody in snowboarding and who's been in snowboarding for a long time kind of accepts it's not ideal is it you yeah. know like the way it's set up right yeah, now it's not ideal at all I mean everybody knows that yeah I mean the event organizers all know that the writers know that the media knows that yeah I mean it has great potential it's just 
how do you gather everyone and how do you just how do you lead it yeah yeah where does it come from yeah is, is there a contest that you that you've like enjoyed the most like for, for whether it's like the the course or the atmosphere i mean i i enjoy like the U.S. Open is is fun, you know. Yeah. Uh, I've always had fun here at Locks. You know, they take good care of you. Uh, X Games is great yeah. as well. Yeah. It's just they're all on a different. Uh, yeah, different sort of different agenda on each one, different yeah. kind of scale, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, I, they're all like good, but if you could put them all together and make every stop better, you know. Yeah. Yeah, like our friend, because you know Ed Lee, don't you? And he he's talked about that a lot. Same same thing you're saying: a supernatural, a rail jam, a kicker in the city. You yeah. know, a creative slope course, a pipe course. Find the most well-rounded rider. You yeah. know, because that's, you know, obviously these these events they do find a like this like you say they they promote a certain type of snowboarding, don't they? You know, they yeah. promote a certain type of trick that's going to yeah. get get put down, which maybe doesn't often represent the the creativity that, that yeah and then you you tend to get a lot of the same runs and tricks all the time yeah know? yeah well can, i mean can, they've gotten they've gotten more creative on the court it used to be like three rails three jumps yeah most likely one shootout rail yeah and then they started making different rails and the pipe hits and and stuff you know but i think that all if if they would all be in the same if they would all talk together so they all had different uh, stuff, you know? I don't yeah, know. it could be bad. It could be, like, really cool because then you have, like, different people winning every time yeah. or the guy, the guy is really good at everything. You know, yeah. He's the best. Yeah. So, nearly the summer. So, what's, what are you going to do in the summer? You more more riding or are you going to take some time off? Or Yeah, I need to take some time off for sure uh, to rest my... heal my body. But yeah. I, I'm probably going to travel a lot. I want to go on surf trips. Yeah? You into surfing? Yeah, I'm I'm not very good. I haven't surfed much, but I'd like to get better. Yeah. Uh, go on surf trips. Uh, my brother's getting married, so I'm going to go to his wedding. Nice. A uh, little sail trip. We have a sailboat, so we're going to do a sail trip. Sick. A couple music festivals. Yeah, so just, just nice downtime. Yeah, maybe like. some camping. Uh, hopefully camp at one of the glaciers in Norway or like by the sea level. And then if there's a good week with sun. Yeah. And uh, that'd be fun. Uh, last year we tried three times and it was shitty weather every time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, hopefully time it right. Yeah. And then a uh, few weeks of spontaneous then I think Aaron Style in Sydney in August. Right. Nice. Maybe Bali and then back snowboarding somewhere. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's, I, I don't have it fully planned, but I'm, I think most likely I will not be home a lot. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. I had a good surf trip, trip up, up to Norway, actually. You surf much in Norway? I've surfed in Stavanger and close to Oslo like yeah I surfed the valley where um, JP has got a place JP yeah Solberg. it's like Stat. Strun- Stat. Stat. yeah is it have you been yeah. there I haven't I haven't been there I used yet. to check it out yeah, I'd like to I've been always wanting to go to Lofoten yeah well like I mean it looks amazing doesn't surf. it yeah but uh, maybe I'll get time for it this spring yeah maybe not <laughs> I don't know have you, have you been up there 
Not yet. Right. I haven't been that far north in Norway yet. Right. Okay. I need to go. Yeah, you should do for sure. So when did you are, you, are you from near Oslo? Is that where you Yeah, were? half an hour from Oslo. Okay, so did you grow up right in the, like the, the park in, in Oslo, like the little resort? What's it called, Winter Park, is it? Yeah, well, I grew up riding an even smaller resort called the Shirikirubakken. Okay, is that in the sea? Well, yeah, it's like outside of the city, but it's like half an hour. Yeah. Uh, but that's like only one tea bar and then a small park. Yeah. Mainly like built most of the stuff for ourselves. Okay. Uh, that's where me, Alec, and Len is f- are from. Yeah. Also, Andres Vig were riding there and Mikkel Bang back in the days. Yeah. Uh, it's a very small hill, but like the snowboard uh, club, I guess you could call it. Sure. There. Yeah, yeah. But, like you had like some nights a week, everybody gathered and then they organized a trip to like the contests and stuff, which was very good, you know. And like a lot of good riders came out of there. Yeah. yeah. Larson also. Yeah. Well, it's quite a list. You just uh, yeah. You just reeled off. So. That's where I grew up, and then lately I've been going to the the winter park, you know, which is because I live in the city now and it's closer, and they have longer lifts and and more obstacles for yeah, us to yeah. ride on, you know. So how old were you when you started riding? I was eight. Okay, so and Frodo, your brother's how much older than you is he? He's sixteen years older. So he so he was already presumably like because he's I should say. He's a, he's a really well-known photographer, right? Yeah. So, presumably, when you started riding, he was like at the fully in his career, right? Yeah. Like well, he was like a semi-pro snowboarder. He's a good first. rider, right? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. When I was younger than that, and then he started filming and taking photos, and uh, well, that was kind of like the well, I got my snowboard from Froda yeah. for Christmas, and then he. I think the first day I rode, I just we just hiked this small little hill, and then in a different resort called Kolsos Bakken. Okay. Me and my sister, and then uh, just trying it out, and then when we were done, Andres Wieg showed up, and he and Froda went up in the in the hill, and then they I think he shot like the the gap gapping a kink rail backflip in like one of the old movies. Yeah. Yeah. I think I witnessed that my first day of snowboarding. Right, so that's going to have an impression. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because that would have been when Andreas was like fully killing it, right? Like height of his career. Yeah, maybe before that even. Right. Yeah, right before he kicked off fully. Well, still doing well, but like right before all the X Games and stuff. Exactly, yeah. Right, so that was in the first day. Pretty pretty, pretty crazy thing to see. Yeah. So were you... um, kind of immersed in it from the start then because your brother's you know the fact that he was living in that world and shooting with these guys and yeah I mean I had all the snowboard movies available on VHS in in the basement so I was watching that and like it took me like one year before I really got into it yeah and then I just couldn't stop and then Alec was snowboarding he was like my neighbor yeah and then we were just watching snowboard movies all summer and snowboarding all winter and just yeah from there it started yeah what did you like about it what were you into it's just it's just fun nobody told me what to do there's no coaches like in soccer and cross-country skiing and and every day i learned something new you know yeah it's a crazy feeling did you skate as well yeah i skated before i snowboarded but i've always skateboarded but i never really 
like got fully into skateboarding like i never got really good at it yeah it's just like fooling around hanging out at the skate park you know yeah to snowboarding was the the thing yeah 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 i need to get be stuck to the board <laughs> so yeah yeah i guess yeah and then so th- so from when you were nine then you were like super hooked yeah, yeah. oh yeah and at what point did you were you like entering contests and we doing all that or were you just more like just enjoying it for the no i so like the thing i guess i was too young to do contests even though i wanted to do it like i don't know if i was like if it's like 11 or 10 when you can maybe 11 or 12 even i don't know i can't remember but i think yeah around there yeah yeah okay because obviously in norway you know you've got this just such a history of like amazing snowboarders you know like terry a obviously like daniel frank like is that something that you guys were made aware of from when you're pretty young you know is that that you kind of know that you've got these legends in in the sport for sure and especially with my brother being in the industry i knew a lot you know and he taught me what was cool and what was not cool you know well i was gonna say i mean i know you've been asked this before but I guess that's when you start getting conscious of style, right, as well, like from like a super early age. Because yeah. you, you have those like kind of role models, really, the guys with the best style in snowboarding, you know. Yeah, basically from the start, you know. I mean, my my brother in the beginning, he didn't, I didn't, he didn't come to the mountain much. He was busy with his stuff, you know. Yeah. It was like the first day and then another time and then. I was just snowboarding, you know, and for sure he told me what was cool and or not, so I kind of got, I focused on that early, you know, on the style. But I remember, like, I learned, like, I don't remember, like, how many, like, maybe backside 360, backside 540, but I was, like, like scratching my hand on the takeoff. Right. And I already learned those tricks, but then he told me, like, you can't do that. And then I had to, like, relearn all the tricks again. Right, right. But that was good that he, he told me that early enough you know yeah so he helped you he cracked the whip a bit yeah well he's like told me like these grabs are stinky you can't grab outside the binding yeah if it's not on the nose or tail and stuff like that i knew that from the start you know and and just like i think like with riding with alec and the other boys there we were just we all just kind of figured it out yeah and you and it was important for you guys to develop your own style early on then, yeah. that you followed basically yeah yeah and then f- like from the and then it just became more body language you know it just became natural yeah is that what you kind of think is style is you know like an expression of yeah for sure it's of, of the how way you, you move of the way you carry yourself you yeah know? it's how you move like yeah it's just how you express yourself and how you move and you can't force style too much, you know. You can keep try to keep your arms calm and tweak, you know. But it's still like you have everybody have a unique way of moving, I guess. That's why it's it's so interesting, isn't it? Because you can't fake it, can you? You know, like like you say, you can try. You can yeah. try and teach yourself to like like you say to put your arm in a certain position or you know to like hold your body in a certain way. But when you're actually riding you're going to look like you're going to look, aren't you really? Yeah, you, know, you can't copy anyone really. It's no, hard. It's you quite can a try, natural thing. Just got to move how you want to move. <laughs> yeah. So you, like we said earlier, like you were basically kind of had a career from, you know, insofar as you're getting like interviews in the magazines, you know, you're getting in Transworld, all this stuff from, from like young age. So 
was this something that your brother helped you kind of navigate as well like get get through this part of the scene you know yeah i mean for sure i was lucky that he was like on all these photo shoots you know and then occasionally i he brought me with him you know yeah and then he was a great photographer so he shot photos of me and then sent them out to magazines and then i got interviews and then for sure helped me boost my career you know i was i mean my brother is my big the biggest part of my career you know and and i'm super lucky that i had him yeah uh to to push me into this world and which is the best world to be in yeah so he he helped you because you know it's pretty young age to be thinking about contracts isn't it and yeah you know, all this all this sort of thing so i wasn't thinking about contracts i just wanted free stuff but you know he but, but have somebody to like kind yeah. of do that stuff yeah. for you you know yeah. i mean if you're if you're young and talented you know for sure maybe you can get tricked into stuff you know if you don't have the right guidance but yeah i mean i have my big brother and he was already in this industry and he wasn't gonna trick with me you no know? he's, he's gonna big brother yeah he's gonna be a good mentor yeah. for sure so that was for sure it's great to have him you know and yeah to to bo help me and i mean push me because we were like push me not the way like i had to do all this stuff but when we were taking photos like, ah, if you go a little bit bigger it's gonna be cool i was like yeah okay i'll be bigger yeah 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 <laughs> like, yeah if you go a little bit bigger it'll be a cover and then i go a little bit bigger and he's like yeah, I was all right. <laughs> and then I never saw the photo. And then like half a year later, it's like in the magazine. I'm like, whoa. Right. Why didn't you tell me? I was like, yeah, I don't know. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, that's brilliant. So did you did you also do the uh, like the snowboard school thing? Did you? Because that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the setup you have in Norway, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did one year. How does that work then? It was good, you know, you were able to, to do school and travel. Yeah. Uh, and when you were there, you could snowboard, uh, which was great. Uh, I I ended up quitting after a year because it, it was too much for me to do both schools. And I already had a good career in snowboarding. So I was like... Didn't really need to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it got tired, you know, I was 16 years old and, and I had all this schoolwork I had to do without having teachers teaching me because i was on the road yeah and then i had all these interviews in magazines and travel and it and then it just got so much for me i was like oh i gotta like now i have opportunity yeah i was gonna film for the rome movie the next year and i had all these contests and i was like i i mean i can go back to school later and also like i i used to have good grades in school but that year i was like it was just too i had over 100 days of travel away from yeah. school and then i got shittier grades you know and i was like am i gonna spend all this time finishing school getting shitty grades or should i try 100 percent to live my dream yeah and then if it doesn't work i can go back to school yeah yeah i mean i can go back to school and be the older guy in school but i can't go back to snowboarding later and be the older guy yeah maybe but less chance of that you know yeah and i was like oh, i'm already living my dream you know and my parents agreed and yeah i was gonna ask you so they would did they backed you did they yeah i mean i had like i wouldn't have quit school if i didn't have like a career a living out of it you know yeah I had an opportunity to do it yeah if not i would have had stayed in school for sure did you have like a like a plan b 
did you did you like have a, a career path that you kind of thought you might do if it didn't work out I'll go back to school. Yeah, but what were you into? Did you did you see yourself doing another job or no, no you didn't idea. even think about it? You were just like, yeah. Yeah, figure it out. Yeah. So then your career, yeah, took off really, didn't it? From that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was the best thing to do. Yeah. Some people might disagree, but at this point, I'm, I'm doing well, you know, it's... It was a great, good decision for me. Yeah. It's not like I'm going to advise other people to quit school. You need to have, be able to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you've obviously been uh, traveling with the same boys, right? The same yeah. guys you grew up with. Yeah, somehow my hometown, my street where I grew up, it was me, Alec, and Olav, and we all ended up in the industry, you know? Yeah. Quite. Olav has kind of drifted away into following the big music artists around on tour but uh alec is and me we ended up on the national team traveling the world and then now he's kind of stopped competing and filming yeah more uh yeah it's pretty crazy we we grew up like i grew up 50 meters apart from olav and maybe like 70 meters from alec that's quite a crazy coincidence isn't yeah. it? yeah was there like a big scene in your way you, like was there other guys around? Was it? Was there more of it? Like, there was were some more kids, uh, kind of faded away. Uh, and then, I mean, my big brother was kind of the yeah. the mentor, you could say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So you. So then, I guess at this point is when you did your first Olympics, right? Because you've done, you, like you said, you've done three. Yeah. Yeah, I did my first Olympics the last year I was in the school. Yeah. So, and how do you remember much about that experience like how was that because yeah. again you were young right like yeah. to be doing that 16 yeah. yeah that was crazy I mean my goal was just to make it early you know as I would I, w I guess I was the youngest in like 70 years or something for Norway to compete in Olympics yeah and that was just the goal to just go there you know yeah and I went there and I was just all in just send it yeah I was <laughs> like I need to do well I need to make the finals just I'm at the Olympics yeah you're gonna go yeah, yeah. Right, and how'd you do? I fell. Yeah? Yeah. Probably did one of my biggest airs ever on the first hit, air to fakey, and landed like on top of the transitions. Yeah. Transition. So I got very good speed, switched into the next hit, and yeah. just got G'd out <laughs> and landed <laughs> on the deck. Right. <laughs> so I, just, I was just like, okay, Olympics, all in, just go straight down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I guess it was... A, I don't know. It was a, probably my one of my biggest errors ever in the pot. Yeah. And then fucked up on the next hit, but yeah. Went up, tried again, and then I fell on the last hit, and uh, then it was over. But it's still like crazy experience. Yeah. You know? And then obviously the next Olympics they brought in slope. So yeah, and did you, were you still riding much pipe in the lead up no. to that, or did you kind of did you step away from that I a little bit? I kind of stopped decided to stop riding half pipe after vancouver olympics because uh, i never really rode much i just i i knew how to ride it and then when i i learned the tricks during competitions you know because yeah. we didn't have a half pipe in norway at this yeah point, right like a big one yeah and uh i kind of decided to stop doing it but i kept maybe i did like one year after but i kind of kept getting invited into contests so i just kept doing them yeah. in contests you know for 
two, three years, you know. And then after that, I kind of just fully stopped competing in halfpipe. I mean, I'd love to ride halfpipe, but when it's slushy. Yeah. That's kind of why I, why I wanted to stop riding halfpipe is contest was because all the contests were during winter, and during winter, the halfpipe is bulletproof yeah, ice. Yeah, and it's, it's pretty... It's pretty uh, unfor- now in the unforgiving. spring. It's <laughs> awesome, pipe up there is rad. It's the most fun up here now to ride the pipe hits. Yeah, I mean it's so fun here in the spring, isn't it? Yeah, like that run is like ridiculous. Yeah, like it just goes on and on, doesn't it? It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. How long you here for the pleasure jam, right? Yeah, I'm here till Monday. And yeah. what's what's next after that? Go to Mammoth for Oakley Week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're building uh, some cool stuff. Just cruise around there for a week. Uh, Maybe I get some days to go surf in California. Nice. Nice. And then I think back to Norway to go in the mountains. Yeah. Around where you were talking about earlier. Nice. Maybe. Up to Stadt, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Right, so then obviously Sochi, uh, Silver. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, and the Mohawk. Yeah. And all all that kind of, you know. Well, how was that in Norway? Was that did that get like a lot of you know a lot yeah. of attention? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they put my name on the map fully there in Norway, and people remember the Mohawk for sure. Yeah, that was a cool. That was cool. I that was because of Heike Source. I was going to ask that. you if it was Heike. Yeah, I mean, Heike did it for for Finland, didn't he? In, in Salt Lake. Salt Lake, I remember. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of my strongest memory from Olympics when I was a kid, and that's kind of like, wow. Little tribute. Snowboarders are cool. Yeah. Know? So that was a, I planned that a year ahead. So I was like growing my hair. I was planning on doing it on the opening ceremony. Right. But then we, the finals were, was the day after opening ceremony. So we d- ended up not going to opening ceremony. So I was like, ah, oh, I yeah, need to it was do. really early, wasn't it? Yeah, I yeah. need to do well so I, I can do the Mohawk right. on the podium. That was the, that was the motivation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and silver. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a good event, wasn't it? Really, like the the slope at, at Sochi. Yeah, the f- the finals was amazing. Sage, I mean, it was yeah, yeah. it was so sick. I mean, the finals it? with the conditions for finals that course, it was insane. I yeah. think at, at that time, it was like groundbreaking. Like just the level of snowboarding on that competition. Yeah. Was, at that time, was just like holy shit. What, yeah. What's going on now? Yeah. Everybody was landing insane runs. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I was lucky to end up on the podium. Yeah. He was a great winner as well. Yeah. Sage is a good guy. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was similar to what you were saying earlier as well. It's just a, a kind of a good result for snowboarding, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, oh, if you can yeah. get that progression on display. Yeah. You know. Nice. And so then kind of, I guess, my <coughs> life changed a bit after that. Yeah. In, what the, in, in the mainstream. Yeah. What back Back home. Yeah, back home and just like more attention and people older people knew who i was you know yeah started respecting snowboarding fully you know like yeah teachers and grandmas and stuff you know (laughs) that was like oh these bullies yeah now just oh olympian you know is that a thing in norway then because you always kind of assume that because of people like terry it's it's got a status really yeah but still we're kind of the rebel status you know yeah i guess like you say it's traditional winter sports isn't yeah. it you know cross yeah. country ski jumping but it's 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 respected you know and i think it's good that we have the rebel status you know yeah it makes it more we're more free you know yeah like if we do something stupid it's like oh 
people just like assume we're gonna do stupid stuff so it's not a big fuss if we do something a little bit stupid yeah it's just like people accept it because yeah. we're snowboarders and just perfect yeah well and that's <laughs> like you say that's how it should be because that's like the history of snowboard isn't it i mean you know that's that's the roots of 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 everybody like like whether it's like Heike or yeah. whether it's people like Palmer like back in the day you know oh, yeah. like that's the it's where it comes from isn't it you know so do you still have that um, level of recognition back home is that is that something that still goes on yeah I mean like that and the following season went really well so for sure got like some attention uh, not crazy like the the biggest names in Norway and stuff just like a, a perfect balance that enough known to where it's good and not as known that it gets crazy crazy and too much you know just like a perfect mellow line yeah yeah you can enjoy it yeah rather than be stressed you can live normal yeah but also get some advantages you know? yeah get some good, good <laughs> benefits from yeah. it yeah yeah so um i mean you st- we were saying earlier it's still you're still young so it's not like you you need to think about what you what you would be doing later but do you ever think about that like what what you might do when yeah yes and no not really i kind of just hopefully i can keep snowboarding for a while yeah uh and and live from this you know i love it that's what i want to do you know but i think when the time comes i'll i'll figure it out yeah uh I don't know what it's gonna be, but I'm I'm sure I can make something happen. Yeah, what are you into away from snowboarding? What do you like doing? I mean, I like to be creative. I enjoy like I enjoy making videos in the way of coming up with creative ideas. Yeah, and then, which you can see in the stuff you've been doing. Yeah, I don't know too much about the cameras and all that, but I know like I like the art ways and stuff and i come up with ideas and then other people make them happen you know yeah but maybe learn a bit more on all the camera stuff and the next couple of years so i can help out and try to make my own stuff as well i don't know uh but i don't know i have no idea actually just maybe work in the industry maybe do something else maybe empty garbage i don't know probably not that (laughs) it's not the worst living i guess you you never know you never know (laughs) it could go badly wrong but yeah yeah. so what's getting you stoked right now in snowboarding what are you seeing that you that you uh i i really just enjoy seeing people cruising creative you know yeah with speed turns transitions link it up you know not just one banger trick yeah just like a line you know yeah and who's who's riding are you stoked on i mean alec is always my favorite uh torger is killing it we travel together um ben ferguson yeah his amazing style yeah yeah and he's killing it in the half pipe and also like in the big mountains i really enjoyed to watch the rene yeah the, the finnish kid yeah yeah i think he's gonna come up big He's riding good. He's riding good in the competitions as well, but he has, like, unique style and creativity and super nice dude, like, full yeah. energy. Like, we, on the Rome trip, we just, like, call him Renergy. Renergy. It's too much energy, but yeah. in a good a good way, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. And what about the... Uh, I mean, earlier you said 
in four years, you know, you don't know where it's going to be, you know, snowboarding because it progresses so quickly. And obviously the rate of progression, you know, like it's gone from triples to quads, which has been, you know, for some people a good thing, for some people a bad thing. Do you have any ideas like where it might go? Like, in the, can you see, can you see into the future a little bit? I don't know. I mean, the obvious progression is spinning more and flipping more. You know? Yeah. But there's a lot of other tricks we can do, you know, different accesses with triples or doubles. I guess more, most single <laughs> flips have been done. Yeah. But for sure you can figure out ways and like change up grabs. And then if the course gets different, you know, it makes us have to do different stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to, it's hard to say really. Yeah. I yeah. think that's a cool thing about it is that we don't know. There's no textbook. It's no, it's no book telling us, telling you how to become a good snowboarder. You just have to go figure it out. Yeah. And express yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what's kind of always been the thing that you liked about it? The fact yeah. that there's no rules. The and fun and just like learn the feeling, the fair, the fear, the the friendship you know riding together challenges you know you challenge your friend to do this trick and then he does it and everybody's stoked or you do it people are stoked and just like giving each other props scaring yourself just like hanging out forgetting about the rest of the world and just be there you know in the yeah. mountains it's nice just a man full experience yeah deep but that's how it is yeah yeah well that is that's snowboarding right there yeah. yeah well nice man well thanks for doing it yeah no worries appreciate it and uh yeah thank you thanks a lot so there you go that was my interview with starla and yeah top one that one it really enjoyed it i'm getting asked to do younger riders more and more as the podcast grows in popularity and i'm i'm choosing them carefully to be honest as i've said before starla is a different proposition and it's always a pleasure to meet somebody at the top of their game who's so likable um, but I've been lucky enough to meet a lot of top athletes over the years. And I've got to say, a lot of them take themselves way too fucking seriously. So it's always great when you catch up with somebody like Starla, who is uh, just completely sound. So thanks, man. Appreciate it. See you soon. Anyway, part two, uh, sorry, part three of the Swiss Omnibus next week, the final part with my old mate, Patrick Brusty Armbruster. Everyone just knows him as Brusty. So I'll just call him Brusty from now on. Filmer, photographer, one of the leading lights behind onboard absinthe films, generally one of the most quietly influential men in snowboarding in Europe and the world, really, over the last 20 years. And that is not an exaggeration. As you'll hear, I mean, it's a great episode, that one. We had a right old laugh recording it in Zurich. And uh, yeah, he's a total legend. So keep him peeled for that one. Apart from that, not a lot else to report, really, in the housekeeping corner. Episode 50 is approaching really quite quickly, which is wild. So try to fill up the schedule as we head towards that one. A couple of interesting sounding events actually happening in May, which you might know about, but I'll tell you anyway. There's, well, there's the Street League in London. So I'm going to try and get to that. And then the intriguing sounding Pushing Borders, which is uh, a couple of venues in London at the start of June. And there's some massive hitters on the Looking Sideways wish list. Go to that one which is uh, an event about skateboarding, talking about skateboarding, apparently organised by Stu McClure and some mates. Stu is who I interviewed for, from Long Live South Bank the other week. So yeah, I'm going to definitely try and get involved with that. 
Speaking of uh, the wish list, so I did put out another call on Facebook the other day. Got some top suggestions. Rodney Mullen, no less. Candide, Gons, etc., etc. I mean, they're all great suggestions. But to be honest, until the podcast gets properly massive, it's going to be a tricky one getting some of those big names. So I'll just repeat myself what I've said a couple of times, what I definitely said the other week. If you're into it, you've got some ideas, tag them in because then you're going to really help spread the word and share the thing as everyone listening to the show probably knows, and as I did sort of mention at the top, I'm a total one-man band doing this. I produce it, I do the interviews, I source the interviews, I edit, I do the audio, I do the social, I do all the marketing, I do the merch, all in my spare time as well. I mean, it's a lot of work, to be honest, So, which is why I need the old looking sideways listenership. Like a street team for one of those god awful landfill indie bands of yesteryear to help me get the word out. So yeah, if you're digging it, usual thing I say every week, please share it and please tag people and if you want to get in on it. So yeah, nice one. Enough of that tedious chat from me. Big thanks to everyone buying the merch, as I've been saying. Uh the hoodies and sweats are in and they're looking wicked. So yeah, head on over to looking sideways.tmill T-E-E-M-I-L-L dot com for an extremely simple way to show your support there if you fancy okay that's it thanks for listening thanks for supporting i'll see you next week for brusty and uh hopefully for a few more all right see you later